Hey, thanks for listening to the Fearfully and Wonderfully Me podcast. Ladies, if you're ready to take your leadership to the next level, I'd love to invite you to join me on a monthly call on personal and professional leadership development, specifically for women. You can join from Zoom via your desktop or on the mobile app on your phone. The, the app is free. There's no cost to join the, the sessions. And I invite you to just come along and grow with me and the other ladies who are committed to developing themselves personally and professionally, increasing their influence, developing their leadership, and maximizing their results. Hey, you can find out more details and get the registration link at riastory.com forward slash leadership call. See you then. Hello, everyone. Let's talk today about the balance of relationships and results as a leader. You know, it's interesting because when you talk about relationships and results as a leader, there, there always has to be both, right? For effective leadership, you have to have great relationships with the people that you are trying to influence, and you have to be getting results to be effective as a leader in a leadership role in an organization. But you have to have both. Um, I love a quote by Michael Shortino. I hope I'm saying that last name right. And he says, relationship capital isn't an asset, it's a privilege. And so let's dive right on in talking about relationships first. Now, it may not be a surprise to you, but it was somewhat of a surprise to me when I realized that people do have different types of personalities. And I don't mean they, they have different kinds of food or that they like or, or different hobbies. I mean, realizing that people have different types of personalities relative to how they like to be communicated with or how they prefer to interact with others and, and how they prefer to be valued and appreciated. Um, there's a great book called The Five Love Languages and a kind of a, a very similar book, The Five Languages of Appreciation, by both of those by Dr. Gary Chapman. And in those books, one's a little more relationship, personal relationship oriented, one's a little more work relationship oriented, but they both are based on the the concept that each of us have a natural style that we like to feel valued and appreciated or loved. And he goes through the different love languages in the books or languages of appreciation because most of us have one or maybe two natural styles. And the the thing is that we tend to naturally talk, quote unquote, in our language, but the other person is listening in their language. So for example, I'm uh, one of my primary uh, appreciation or love languages is words of affirmation. And so I feel appreciated, cared about, or valued when someone is expressing words of appreciation for me, words of affection, those um, words of affirmation. Like, you know, something that really makes me feel valued is when Mac gives me a card, but not just a pretty card, but card that he's written, you know, some well thought out sentences on and, and taken time to personalize those words of affirmation. It's not about the card. It's more about the, the words themselves. I feel valued when he says, hey, thank you for doing something. Thank you for doing this, right? So the words themselves, the affirmation, the acknowledgement that really just fills my tank up. Like I just feel so appreciated and valued when someone is expressing um, that in that language, words of affirmation. So 
typically I tend to, to do that. Like I write thank you notes and I send cards and, you know, I, I take the time to give words of affirmation to other people. But, but Mac, for example, it, it, his, one of his love languages or language of appreciation is quality time. And so he feels valued or appreciated or feels like I'm expressing affection when I spend quality time with him. Well, the conflict becomes when I'm trying to talk in my language, words of affirmation, and he's listening for quality time. So if I don't take time to intentionally build quality time in, then I might be trying to express affection or appreciation, but he's not feeling it. And that's the the problem, right? So that was a pretty insightful thing for me to realize that all of us have those natural styles that we're talking in and that we like to, to listen in. And it's realizing that we can change how we're trying to communicate or express appreciation, whether personally or professionally. This works with your team members. I remember actually, you know, working one-on-one with my team members and I would want to know, like, what makes you feel appreciated? What makes you feel valued? For example, there was one person on the team who she, you know, she did not want time off from work. Time off from work just made her nervous and anxious because she felt like she needed to be needed. And so to give her, you know, an afternoon or a couple hours work, you know, unexpectedly was not, didn't, didn't make her feel appreciated. In fact, it made her feel anxious. And so it was important for me to know that so that I didn't just say, Hey, you know, it's okay if you leave a couple hours early this Friday, because if I told her that, then she thought I was trying to get rid of her. And so very important, whether we're talking about work or work relationships or personal relationships, it's important to know how the other person is listening and what's their natural style of of personality and preference of communication and appreciation and feeling valued. And so, you know, when you understand what that personality type the person has, what their language is, you can much, much more effectively interact with them by focusing on their style instead of yours. And, you know, if that person is quiet and reserved, they might not want public recognition. But if they're if their language of appreciation is words of affirmation, they might love to, to have some public recognition, right? And so take the time to build that relationship. Here's the thing. If you are not building those relationships with the people you're trying to influence, you are missing out on being effective at, at influencing them, at leading them. And that's your number one priority as a leader is get to know the people on your team. Because if you don't know them, and if they don't know you, they don't feel like you have the relationship with them, they're not going to trust you. And if they don't trust you, you can't influence them very much, right? Because they don't know you. They don't, they're not going to extend trust if they don't have a relationship with you. And a relationship is not just about work, right? Taking time to get to know someone personally, get to know a little bit about them, what they like, what they don't like, but get to know a little bit about their, their family so that you can build that relationship consistently over time. And here's the thing, you never get to forget about having relationships when it comes to leadership and influence. That is something that you must nurture from now on. It's something that you should nurture one-on-one with every person that you are trying to influence. There's a great, great leadership book by John Maxwell, The Five Levels of Leadership. And in that book, John talks about the different levels of leadership. And the first one being the position level. 
the position of authority, the title, the rank, I'm the boss, you're the team member. But influence at this level is very minimal. Very minimal. People who follow us only because they have to will only do what they have to. And he talks about the second level of leadership is the relationship level. This is where people follow us because they want to, because we have a relationship with them. He goes on to talk about the difference in productivity between those two levels of leadership is as much as 40%, right? Someone who will follow someone because they want to will do more than they have to. They'll maybe stay late to work on a project and finish it up. They'll come in early without being asked because they know it matters and they know that they have a relationship with you and you value them as a person and not just as a pair of hands at work. And so they will go the extra mile or the extra inch. Maxwell goes on to talk about the third level, which is the results level. And then the fourth level is the people development level, reproduction. And, and he goes on and really describes those levels of leadership very effectively. It's a fantastic leadership book, really profound in helping me understand the, the why behind building relationships, because I'm naturally a little more task focused, a little more task oriented. And, you know, most of us are either task focused or people oriented, and there's not a, a better way to be because both are valuable in different circumstances, certainly. But it's recognizing which style you naturally have and when you need to to be conscious of stepping a little more into that other style. So being task focused works really, really well for me when it comes to getting things done. But there are certainly times like when Mac and I are speaking, I need to make sure that I'm conscious of not just focusing on the task, but but stepping over a little more into orienting based on people, being people oriented, situational oriented, making sure that I'm communicating with people and not just focusing on the things that I need to get done, right? So there's a, a time and a place and an appropriate place for each one of those. And know, knowing and recognizing which one you need to be focused on will help you be more effective. And there again, it's not a good or bad. It's just, it is what it is. I tend to be a little more naturally task focused that works really well since a lot of the time I'm sitting, you know, I'm here in my home office completing tasks, right? Getting work done. I can get the things done. And there again, recognizing when I need to switch off the task focus and become a little more focused on relationships. So the the five levels of leadership was really profound for me and helping me realize relationships are key and always focusing on just the tasks can can be a, a detriment if you never focus on building the relationships. And so my early management style, quote unquote, was was really focused on tasks and getting things done and the management of the work. But that's not effective in helping us lead most effectively, right? To lead most effectively, we must have those relationships, must be nurturing the relationships always. Just as important with your kids, your coworkers, your team members, your spouse, anyone that you are trying to influence, you must have the relationships. Now, here's the thing. As a leader in a formal level of leadership position or working in an organization, you also have to balance relationships and results you have, as a leader, you have to get results. As an influencer, you have to get results, right? You have to get the work done. That's your responsibility toward the organization. Your responsibility toward your team members is the relationships. Your responsibility toward the organization is getting the results. 
Leaders must build relationships to increase their influence, but they must be balanced to achieve results, right? And that part of that balance is having the difficult conversations when someone isn't performing, perhaps, or or maybe they're not getting their work done or coming into work on time. That's also a critical time where you are responsible for holding them to the standard of the organization because that's influencing and impacting the culture in the organization. Leaders have the job to do and the responsibility to accomplish the mission with and through others. That's why they're chosen to lead, but but they have to balance that with relationships and results. I, I remember Jocko Willink talking about this in his book, The, the Dichotomy of Leadership. Um, also a great, fantastic leadership read. And he talked about, you know, as a team lead um, for a group of Navy SEALs, you know, they they really go, they go through so much training together. And, you know, the team itself really has just such a bond over time. But he talks about a certain situation where one team member just wasn't performing. And he coached this team member and he, you know, coached them and worked with them and, you know, had a one-on-one conversation with him and over and over because he didn't want to to cut this person from the team. But ultimately, he had to do so. He said, because number one, I have to get results and my responsibility toward the team and the organization is that I have to make sure we are able to get the results and we cannot do that with this team member. He's just not able to perform at the level we need. And he talks about that. That's hard to do, right? Because as a leader, you have that responsibility toward the individual and you want to see them be successful, but you also have to balance that with getting the results. And ultimately that balance is determining your effectiveness as a leader, because there are going to be times when you have to be more conscious of, I need to get those results. And sometimes that means releasing someone to a new chapter elsewhere, right? But you have to have that that focus as a leader because you have that responsibility to accomplish the mission. And sometimes we have to make tough choices, right? You see this in parenting, you see this in leadership in an organization. Sometimes we have to make that tough choice and say no when we feel like saying yes wouldn't be in the best interest of the individual or the organization. And they may not want to hear that, right? I, I think this is especially relevant to your kids. It's having the, the you know, helping them learn and understand the discipline. And they may not like it. They may not appreciate it at the time, but they usually end up respecting you for it later. I remember um, having this, having a, a conversation similar to this. It actually wasn't someone on a, on a team, an organization, but but it was working with a coaching client and having that difficult conversation saying, look, I'm for whatever reason, I am not the best fit for you in a coaching position. You're just not in a place where this coaching is helping you move forward. And I need to release you to go on to a new chapter. And that's a difficult conversation to have. But what was interesting is that person came back to me later and said, I so appreciate the fact that you were willing to have that conversation. And it was hard to hear. And I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't understand it, but I so appreciate it now because it really enabled me to go on and, and get more counseling instead of coaching, which was really where I needed to be at the time. And so, yeah, these conversations and this balance, I think is, is difficult because as women, we tend to be more focused on relationships. You know, women tend to be more nurturing by nature. And so 
that's not a bad thing. That's a huge strength when it comes to leadership and influence when we can learn to to balance that with results, right? We want to build great relationships and that is a strength. That's an asset in, in your leadership style. But you also have to make sure that you are conscious of getting results and don't lose the relationships, right? Don't run over the relationships in order to accomplish the results. But make sure that you are getting the results because that's the balance that's required to be effective as a leader. Until next time.